Welcome to the Road to Life Church podcast. Here with our pastor, Jill Shepline, you will be inspired through the Word of God. For more information, please visit roadtolifechurch.com. about last in life today. God is a life giver. We have life through Jesus Christ. And Jesus is, is the connector to God, the source of life, right? Jesus said, I'm the mediator between God and man. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So we know that we come to the life source of God, and his Holy Spirit is life. The spirit of life in Christ lives in us if we believe, right? And so we know that the Holy Spirit helps us, and we can plug into the life source of God through Jesus and through other things that the Bible tells us about. And, you know, um, so many people today are looking for life in places that um, are, can be okay and can be good and can be um, uh, life-giving for a, a little time or whatever, but without God as the source God is the source of our life, and the things that the Bible says really bring life. Um, we can climb up that ladder, that corporate ladder, or whatever ladder, and we can get to the top without God, and we can go, this is empty here. And that's what happened to Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes. You know, he tried money, and he had a terrible lust problem with too many women, and he, he had built things and had gardens. Read Ecclesiastes. And at the end, the very last chapter, he said, Well, the end of the matter is this. Fear and worship God and keep his commandments. He realized that all that, all that without God didn't bring lasting life. That, that um, having respect for God, keeping his commands, is what gives life to, to our lives. And so, number one today in lasting life, because God wants us to have life and life abundant. He wants us to have that start with eternal life through faith in Jesus, but have life here. Just experience alive, fresh, and strong. That's what the Bible says that life means. Many times in the Bible when you read the word life, and we're going to read some. It means alive, fresh, and strong. I want to live my life like that, don't you? All of us want alive, fresh, and strong. But we have to evaluate if we've plugged into the source for that, if we're really um, really realizing what the Bible says brings that kind of life and aligning ourselves to that. Because, you know, we can ask God to bless us, but it's better when we just yield to God and lose our life in him and we find life. We actually gain life that way. It's the, the way of the kingdom. And so uh, number one here is the source of life is God. And look at what, you know, uh, Moses wrote to the believers in Deuteronomy 30. And listen, listen to what it says because it still speaks to us today. It says, starting in verse 15, it says, Listen closely. I have set before you today life and prosperity good and death and adversity evil. And that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk, that is to live each and every day in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes, his judgments and precepts, so that you will live. And that word life means to live and be nourished and preserved and recover, restore and surely be whole. So God says, if, if, through Moses, if you'll love me and if you'll walk in my ways and keep my commands, 
you're going to you're going to live you're going to just be nourished and preserved and made whole and and it also says and multiply and that just doesn't mean increase with children okay that means that you're going to increase in whatever effect you're going to have abundance and authority because you love the Lord your God and you walked in his ways and kept his commandments. Now, if you've made mistakes, God's a merciful God, and the good news about God is we can turn back to him and start fresh. And that's what he wants us to do. But the Bible says there, if you'll love him and you'll walk in his ways, over time you'll live and you'll multiply, and, and the Lord your God will bless you. That's a promise. And verse 17 says, but... If your hearts turn away, and you will not hear and obey, and you're drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. Now, they had idols in their day, but today we have put other things before God. We put, um, and they become idols. And so that's what we have to be careful of, because in verse 18 says, If you're drawn away and worship other things, I declare to you today that you will certainly perish. That doesn't just mean death. It, just, it means to wander away lose oneself, destroy, break, fail, lose, be undone, and void of. It's just empty. So verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Therefore, choose life. It's a choice every day. Choose life. Choose to love God every day. Choose to follow his ways every day. Ask for his help. The good news about God is when we make mistakes and we feel like we can't, his spirit lives in us to help us. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in us. And the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death. It's so true. The Holy Spirit helps us. And so it says, choose life in verse 19 in order that you may live. That's a choice we make. You and your descendants. See, it not only your choices not only affect you, but it affects your children. It affects your children's children. So God says, choose life, and I'll help you to choose life. Choose to plug into the source of life. And then he said, um, by, look at what it says. He said, choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. And how do we choose life? In verse 20 it says, by loving the Lord your God by obeying his voice and by holding closely to him for he is your life that word life means alive and fresh and strong he is your life your good life your abundant life your fulfillment and the length of your days that you may live so it's a choice that we make it's a choice to put god first it's a choice to um hear what he says brings life in his word and align ourselves to it and so in john 6 35 the bible says jesus said to them i am the bread of life come every day to me and you'll never be hungry believe in me if we believe in him we'll never be thirsty so we have to personally make an evaluation today have we been getting our life source from God first or from other people things or pursuits we have to ask ourselves these questions and if we make if we need to make an adjustment let's make it today um, if we're stressed if we're in need if we we're stuck if we need help turn to the source and plug in because he wants to help us
I love that about God. He's so good. So, you know, we're talking about last in life today. And so there are things that we're going to look at in the Bible that we need to choose that bring life, that God says bring life. And the next one is the fear of the Lord or respect for God bring life. Look at what it says. That means having a respect and awe of God. That means if God says something, we value it and we want to do it and we want to please God because we have such an awesome respect for him. And so Proverbs 19:23 says, when you live a life of abandoned love, surrendered before the awe of God, here's what you'll experience, abundant life, alive, fresh, and strong. We got to ask ourselves, have we been respecting God? Have been, we been been teaching our children and our families to have a respect for him because the Bible says here that we'll experience abundant life, continual protection, and complete satisfaction. Some of us maybe aren't satisfied even in our Christian life because maybe we have misplaced our source of life and maybe we haven't respected and had the awe of God that we really should have because when we plug into the source, there's life and he makes us alive and fresh and strong. So I want to encourage us in that today to do what's right before God. And number three is following righteousness is life. Why? Because we choose God. We choose righteousness. God is the God. These have to do with God himself, right? Because God is all this. God is righteous. He is Jehovah Sid Canoe. So following righteousness brings life to us. That's a good life. Proverbs 21, 21 says, he who follows righteousness and mercy, that's kindness, Righteousness is God's way of doing and being right, okay? He who follows righteousness and mercy or kindness finds life. That's alive, fresh, and strong, righteousness and honor. What does that look like? That means that when we don't feel like forgiving and we choose to forgive, that's righteousness, and it'll bring life to us. It'll be, bring freedom to us. That means maybe in our day, abstaining from sexual immorality when it's so common today. We just say, no, I'm not going gonna, gonna to honor God. I'm going to honor God and keep that in marriage. That's, that's following a way of righteousness that is life. Um, maybe it's overcoming evil with good. That's following in the way of righteousness teaching our kids to tell the truth and not to lie or cheat or uh, be hateful, but to be loving, to follow the way of love. That's following righteousness, and that'll bring life. And I know none of us are perfect. I'm not perfect either, but may God help us to reap the life, the lasting life where we're alive and fresh and strong um, like he would like. Because God's word is ultimate GPS, right? It's the guide. If we want to know what brings lasting life and the way to go, it's God's word. And so another thing that the Bible says brings lasting life, number four, is God's word is life. And that's part of God. That's him. That's his word. That's the Bible. That's why we so stress the Bible, standing on the Bible, praying the Bible over you and over your family, because those are the promises of God. And look what it says in Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. It says, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life 
That's alive, fresh, and strong. We all want that, right? Get in the Bible, right? And radiant health. The Bible brings life and health. And that word health in the Hebrew means a cure, medicine, deliverance, healing, and wholesome into the very core of your being. His words are life to you. I can't stress it enough. Every day, teach your children the Bible. Get in the Bible. If you're not a reader, listen to it. You can play it now on, the, on your phone. Even it'll read to you. You know, sometimes when people are sick, we have a healing CD, and some people have it on Spotify now. It's, the, it's healing scriptures set to music to bring healing to you because of this scripture. My words are life. They bring life to your flesh. So we want to encourage you in that. And, and then the Bible also talks about wisdom and understanding. Well, who's greater in wisdom and understanding than God? All this comes from God. But when we choose wisdom, his wisdom and understanding in our lives, it brings life. The Bible says it. So, and then, so really there's more than what I said. But number five, too, is um, instruction gives life. Now, a lot of people in America don't like this one. Um, <laughs> We want it our way, and we don't, you know, sometimes we have our pride or our stubbornness or whatever. But the Bible says that instruction gives life. Um, this is an area that God said brings life. So we got to evaluate ourselves, and, and it's not for our spouse to evaluate our spouse. It's for us to evaluate us and say, okay, which areas here am I strong in and which am I weak in? And how can I align with God and what he says to bring more of that alive, fresh, and strong uh, sense of his spirit in my life? And this is one way to, uh, because it says in Proverbs 4.13, it says, take hold of instruction, actively seek it, grip it firmly, and do not let it go. Guard her, for she is your life. That means alive, fresh, and strong. We all want that, right? Okay, so um, Proverbs 10, 17, it says, He who learns from instruction and correction is on the right path of life. And for others is an example, it, his example is a path towards wisdom and blessing. But he who ignores and refuses correction goes off course. And for others, his example is a path towards ruin, sin and ruin. So we've, that's why we have the body of Christ, godly, fruitful people who are maybe a little farther along than you in their, in their faith or whatever that can help us and give instruction to us. But, you know, in all areas of our life, if we can have a humble heart that hears instruction, it brings life and help to us. It's God's way, it says. And so in our families, if your children are still at home, I want to encourage your children, your parents love you so much more. Um, Jesus loves you the most, but next would be your parents, and they want what's best for you. So listen to their instruction. It'll bring life to you. And in our workplaces, the authority structure set up. If God has an authority structure everywhere, you know, how many of us have ever worked for with somebody and they couldn't be instructed and they just had a bad attitude and you're like, oh, I don't even want to deal with them. I don't even want to talk to them. I want to go around them. You know, um, I'm just being honest, you know, because we all have to listen and, hit, um, and work and, and receive instruction at times in our life. You know, and, you know, God is a loving God. He is. 
But sometimes we think that loving means accepting everything. And he accepts us and values us as people because he loves us. He gave us Jesus. Okay, he loves the world. But he also corrects us. Hebrews 12 says it. He corrects the sons that he loves. And he does it so that we become, we become more like him, where we're more righteous. He doesn't do it to condemn us. He does it to help us. He does it to bring us out of a place of death into life. And so um, uh, we need to be open to that. God help us all in America, right? And then um, who can tell me, number six, uh, you can invite life or death to yourself with your what? With your words, that's right. So your words bring life or death. Proverbs 8. So these are things that we can choose with God to respect God, to value God, to make him our source, to, to um, get in his word and, and uh, follow righteousness and, and things like that. These are all choices that we make. Um, but this one with our words is a choice that we do. Um, and God will help us. Proverbs 18, 20 to 21 says, a man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. So what you say is important. God said to speak life and speak blessing. Even if we're frustrated a little bit, God help us all because we all get frustrated sometimes. I know I do too. But it says he will be satisfied with the consequence of his words. Death and ruin and that means ruin in the Hebrew. Death and life, there's that word, alive, fresh, and strong, are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Speak life and blessing over your family, over your spouse, over your children. Speak life to them. And you know, in the Bible, in Revelations, when Jesus appeared to and spoke to John regarding the churches, if you look at all the times that he addressed the church, he would first affirm them, then he would a little bit correct them, and then he would give a promise, you're going to have a crown of life if you'll do this. You'll receive this reward. Communicate that with, like that with your family. Commend them. Now, once in a while, you're going to need to correct them. And then give them a blessing and a promise and, and believe in them. So, because our words are important. Proverbs 13.3 says, guard your words and you'll guard your life. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. You know, I'm amazed sometimes at the stuff I see Christians put online, the F-bomb and all kinds of stuff. If we're saved, we should be talking like it, right? We should, be, we should be blessing. We should be positive. We should be encouraging. We should be uplifting. I know people have problems, but we take those to God first, and then we take them directly to the people that, they, that we have them with to work that out in God's way, right? So all of us want alive, fresh, and strong in our life. And so let's evaluate ourselves and identify areas here that we've talked about where we're strong and areas where we're weak and make a commitment to choose life, to choose God, to choose God's ways, to choose to align ourselves because you want that alive, fresh, and strong. He said this is how you get it. 
and this is what we want. And then the last thing is I want to talk about life and relationships, okay? Some simple things to help life-giving relationships in your family. And the first one is unconditional love. Um, love accepts, it affirms, it believes the best, right? First John 4, 7 to 12 says, Dear friends, let us continue to want, love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. God is a lover. He is love. And, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I just put my name in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8 sometimes, and I'm like, God, help me. I'm patient. I'm kind. Thank you, God. I'm never, You know, all this kind of stuff. Because you know what? We all can grow in love, and God is love, and love is what never fails in our life. So we got to align ourselves with God. And you know, when Jesus came, he said, a new commandment I give you, and it's the commandment that we love one another, right? And do unto others the way you would have done unto you. That's what he said. And so um, he didn't do away with the Ten Commandments. He fulfilled them. And if you think about the Ten Commandments, they were about loving God and loving others. And you remember the first ones were, thou shalt... Um, not have any other gods before me. You'll not make a graven image. You'll not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And then it says, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. Keep the Sabbath. Now, I've been in Israel before. We've been to Israel. And on their Sabbath, they do rest. And they don't even tear the toilet paper. You know, they have the toilet paper torn in advance because they don't want to do the work. They, everything is rest. They're really strict in all their little things. But they're the most precious people. And they have such an awesome regard and respect for God. And on their Shabbat, on their Sabbath, they go to church. They go and worship. The men are on this side. The women are on the other side. And they sing the psalms. It's the most beautiful thing. They sing the songs. They celebrate. Somebody reads out of the scriptures. You know, and they, we, we could read along in the psalms. You know what I'm saying? And then we went and had a meal with them uh, at this uh, rabbi's house and he had us all come and they blessed their families and do you know that the Israelites are when um, when it's been studied who passes on their faith really um, really uh, well one of them is the Jewish people and it's because they are very big in honoring God in serving in going they're very big on blessing their family, celebrating, and, and they, um, they, go, they go to the temple. They go every week. So when Jesus fulfilled the commandments, he didn't do away with that 
because the Bible says in Luke 4, 16, that he regularly went to the temple, as was his custom. He fulfilled it because he was showing us to worship God. Worship God with your family and put him first. And then the other commandments, remember, are honor your father and mother. Thou shalt not kill and steal and um, commit adultery and covet and bear false witness, talking bad about your neighbor and that, and, and that kind of stuff. And that was, uh, he fulfilled that because love doesn't do that to their, to their neighbor. So Jesus fulfilled the commandments. He didn't do that, the Ten Commandments. He didn't do away with them. He loved. He showed us love for God and love for other people. And so, um, so ten simple things to life, help life-giving relationships. Number one is unconditional love. Only by the Holy Spirit can we love unconditionally sometimes, right? Sometimes we don't feel very loving, but the Holy Spirit can help us. Ask the Lord to help you. Number two is scheduled time. Some of you are very busy in your families, and you need to schedule time with your spouse. Or with, We had a family night. We had a date night. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You can go on a walk or do something you enjoy together or just spend time together. So these are things that will bring life into your relationships, okay? One was unconditional love. Two is scheduled time. Three is focused attention or eye contact. You know, we live in a day where everybody's on their little device. They're on their da-da-da-da-da. They're on their phone, da-da-da-da-da. And they need to just put that down and look into the eyes of their family. Put it down at the dinner table and look into the eyes and talk to people or else people are going to be lost and knowing how to relate and talk to people anymore. God wants us to love one another, and it used to be a newspaper or the TV, and now it's the little phone, right? And so um, this is going to help bring life into your relationships. What I want you to evaluate yourself on these. Okay, if you're doing well, praise God, you're doing great, but there might be some that you could focus on. And if you do, it'll bring life to, and it'll help bring life to your relationships. Okay, so scheduled time, focused attention, eye contact. Number four is ongoing communication where you have dinners together if you can. We always tried to do dinners together and did everything around that. And, you know, how's your day? Bedtimes, we prayed. We did the little children's study Bibles and all that kind of stuff when they were young kids and stuff. And then doing shared experiences we would do family nights and things like that on a regular basis. So um, uh, ongoing communication, uh, if you need that, that brings life. That helps your family. Number five is meaningful touch, where you hug one another, where you, um, you know, everybody needs that once in a while. So number six is learning the Bible. We already talked about the importance of Bible. We taught the kids the Bible and the, seeing the Bible. Praying t together often. That's number seven. That'll bring life. Pray with your family. You be a prayer person and pray with your family. Number eight is serving and giving together. Now, I've been asked so many times, how did you raise four kids that still serve God and, you know, do for God? And I, I have to say, all these kind of things 
and we brought them to church. We came and we all served. They served everywhere, every one of them. They served in this church and in the church in California and which is wherever we lived. We served God. I would take them to the nursing homes. I would take them. They would serve in every area. They would help. Micah was skinny, and we'd put him up when they had to run a wire through the, through the ceiling in the little holes up in the attic. That would be Micah. Micah, Micah, take this wire. You know, and, you know, they would take meals with me to somebody. They would, you know, I bribed them sometimes. I call it, a, people call it a bribe. I call it a reward. I'd say, what do you want? I'm taking you with me to the nursing home. If I thought they were a little bit, you know, needing a little bit, uh, look out beyond themselves at the teenage years. I said, you're going with me to the nursing home today. And um, what can I buy you after that? Oh, I don't want to go in there. Well, yes, you do, because it's such a blessing, and we're going to pray for them, and we're going to read the Bible a little bit, and we're going to visit with them, and then I'll get you something, a treat that you want, and God will just bless you for it. And so I'd bring them, you know, stuff like that. You know, we'd take them on outreaches, and he'd wear one, and I'd wear the other, even little kids. You know, so, you know, serve God with your families. Serve God with your families. Um, Number nine is church worshiping together. We see that Jesus even did that, and he didn't need it, okay? Because some people think, well, I don't need it. I am the church. Well, I get that. We are the church. But Jesus went regularly, as was his custom, Luke 4, 16. Look it up if you don't believe me. And he did it in fulfillment of keeping the Sabbath. Yes, he did. We need that because why? Because we need the corporate worship of God. We need one another. We need one another's help. We need one another's encouragement. We need to, um, especially as we see the day approaching, the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We need that in our lives. And, you know, people that do all this other stuff and don't keep... They wonder why their kids grow up and don't go to church anymore. It's because they didn't lead them there. And so God help us. Help us to serve God, lead our kids there. And then number 10 is having fun together. Celebrate. Have fun together. You know, that's what I noticed about Israel. They celebrate the feast. They dance and celebrate. They celebrate what God has done. Celebrate what God has done in your life with your family and celebrate one another celebrate birthdays and make it special and celebrate uh, we have this red plate it says you are special today they get the red plate you know and they get to pick whatever they want and you know we make it special make your family times special and have fun together because God is a good God he's a life-giving God so which of these 10 simple things to help life-giving relationships do you need to focus on may God help us all let's stand up on our feet today